Hello again. This is another episode of Digging for Something, and I am your host, JJ. So I think I've probably said it uh, a few times already. I love Target. I go to Target often. I I usually, even if I just need a couple of things where I can go to Walgreens, I, I typically still go to Target. Um, I'll walk around. It'll give me ideas. Um, pretty much all holidays. You know, you can pretty much find anything you want at Target. It's... Uh, it's a how can I put it a up it's not really upscale but an upper scale I guess you can say uh, from uh, from Walmart uh, Walmart is typically cheaper but honestly not enough where I'd prefer to shop at Walmart to Target uh, I've just always been a big fan of Target so today I went to Target needed a few things about uh, six or seven things. Not much. Um, basically, was able to carry everything. So, get to Target. I uh, actually probably went to a different one than I normally go to. Just, you know, change things up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm spontaneous like that. And uh, so, I went to Target. Um, you know, full disclosure, I'm probably a horrible person to shop for because I take my time. I want to make sure I get everything. I said, look around. I won't be there for three hours, but uh, if it's going to be a 10-minute trip, I'll be there at least 20 minutes. That's just the way it is. And <laughs> I think it kind of bit me this time. Um, so I got all, all the things I needed, and I headed to the register. Unless I really have huge items or a lot of items, I always go to self-checkout. I prefer first uh, self-checkout. Uh, the Target I typically go to only has four um, self-checkout terminals. So eh, sometimes there's a line there. And uh, I really don't like going with too, too many things since there's only four. But the Target I went to today, I think they had 10 uh, self-checkout terminals. And another Target I go to, I think, has even more than that. But um, So, of course, uh, uh, there's only a few people in front of me. So I got... I, I was able to get to a terminal in maybe two minutes at most. So what happens? Uh, I start scanning. And after I scan three items, click. It was a blackout for like a second. All power was knocked out. And I'm like, okay, what happens now? And we're all just standing there, standing there looking at each other like, okay, what do we do? We're looking at the terminals. What do they do? Um, the, the, the guy, uh, the guy that was in the one, the register next to me, uh, he had just paid cash, put cash in the feeder and was waiting for his change when it happened. So yeah, that's some bad luck there. And they all, all, all the registers, all the self-checkout terminals all had all rebooted. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, when I re reboot my computer, it's only a few, a couple of minutes. Uh, a Chromebook I have is even less than that. It's like 30 seconds. So I'm thinking it's going to be quick. And worst comes to worst, I'll just start over. I mean, it was only three items I, I scanned. So then here comes uh, 
a target employee. And one thing about Target is you never know who's in charge because they don't have really set uniforms. They basically wear khakis and some variants of a red shirt. Uh, sometimes it's brighter red, uh, faded red, t-shirt, polo shirt, but everybody pretty much wearing the same thing. Um, you don't know who's who, who's just a clerk, who, I think the tech people are the ones who wear tech on their shirts. And of course, the security guy. So a guy comes, didn't know him if he was a clerk or a stockbroker, um, stockbroker, a stock clerk, uh, you know, customer service manager, you never know. He just said, uh, well, sorry, sorry guys. Um, these terminals are going to take uh, 15 to 20 minutes to boot. You're going to have to go to a register. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And at that point, he uh, was like, don't the register have to reboot? He was like, uh, no, those those reboot real quick. So everybody who was in the self-checkout wound up going to the register that was right next to it, which I guess is the, the lady who watches over the self-checkout and helps as needed. I guess that's her register in case it's needed for anything. So all of us went there, and as we're waiting, uh, the line just keeps growing, growing, growing. People who were finishing shopping, they had to open up some registers. So all these registers had these huge lines. And waiting, waiting, waiting. Wouldn't you know it? The register that we all, who were already close to paying, what I'm going to just wouldn't boot up. And instead of them having us go to, you know, having us cut in front of people, had to go find a register that worked and wait in line again. And then, of course, uh, I was stuck behind three of the worst customers there are, uh, split orders, um, paying with a lot of bills. Oh, my God, they run every bill through this uh, counterfeit checker. <sighs> so I was frustrated, um, but pretty much my... My trip that should have been 10 minutes, which was actually going to be 20 because that's what I do, wound up being almost 40 minutes. And honestly, I've spent more time than that on Target. It's not a big deal. But, you know, you get frustrated when you get – and I just don't understand. Um, how do they not have continuous power going? Like a, a battery backup, generators, UPS, uh, anything. To keep the power going, I, I don't understand. I, Target's not a mom and pop place. Um, you know, you go to all these uh, office buildings or play, uh, hospitals, and they always have these outlets that are designated for continuous power. How do they not have that at Target? I mean, power goes off every now and then, but it is what it is. I survived. I got home, and here I am talking to you guys. Now, the last, I don't even know how many podcasts, it seems like I've been talking a lot about the politics, the different movements taking place, COVID, um, Portland. I wanted to take a break from that and uh, try to talk about something different, and I uh, I did something maybe a month ago or longer where I titled it, you know, Let's Wing It, which basically meant I went to a website and just scrolled through and picked out whatever piqued my interest and discussed it. So I'm not going to say it went over well or if it was a great idea, but you know what? 
let's try it again. Let's see how it works. And um, I'll use the same website I used last time because it's uh, it's much easier uh, since I already know how it works. And uh, it's typically all over the place. I can just scroll and without selecting um, different categories. So I'm going to Yahoo and let's see what I find uh, today. And I, anything that has to do with any movements, COVID, uh, elections, any, anything that politics, anything like that, I am going to go pass right by because I'm trying to avoid that, this podcast. So let's see what we got here. And Yahoo, do, 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 do. And uh, I'll, I'll try to skim real quick so I can keep it flowing. Okay, what's the first one here? Oh, well, sadly, uh, Chadwick Boseman um, passed away this weekend. Or this weekend? No. Uh, yeah, this past weekend. Um, it was something that I was completely shocked about. And... Uh, I had no idea he was sick, and, I, and I'm not going to say I was his biggest fan, but I, I've seen a lot of the movies he was in, and uh, he's younger than me, so it's it definitely, you know, it, it, it was sad. Um, you know, another life taken away, too young, um, and there's no explanation of why. He, I mean, he died of cancer, so uh, this, this article is The Body Shaming, Chadwick, Postman experience is a reminder to think twice before commenting on celebrities' weight loss. So apparently, and since I don't um, really dive into social media, there was a lot of talk about um, Chadwick Boseman and um, and weight loss he was experiencing. And of course, um, social media being what it is, uh, everybody wants to give their two cents and. Uh, many times it's it's not. I mean, it's not even that it's not politically correct. It's just it it's just disturbing and you know it's disgraceful and um, you know it's, it's a form of bullying. But and uh, and what what this article is basically saying is. Before you mock somebody online, uh, body shame, um, you know, think about what could be going on in this person's life. Uh, uh, nobody, you know, apparently, you know, it's not like, it, it, it's going, people go to, you know, what will get the most clicks? What, um, you know, who can be the biggest pig on online? Uh, drugs, um, eating disorders, basically doing a lot of saying a lot of things and without knowing what he's actually going through, and um, it's actually kind of you know, a larger problem. It just, the, the, the whole social media bullying that takes place and you really don't know and, and you don't know what people are going through. Um, and assuming or just commenting negatively just because you can, you know, it's, it's just not right. 
Uh, this is somebody who worked while he was sick, uh, did not let the the illness keep him from working, um, and there's people out there who just, you know, instead of thinking what could be or um, the facts, it just assumptions and and just bullying. And as a society, we 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 have to be careful of what we do, what we say. Um, because we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And even though I may say things on here, I, I, I try not to let whatever bias I have or um, assumptions or, or just personal dislikes um, really cloud this podcast and kind of going after people. You know, if some if somebody obviously does something wrong, I'll, I'm going to call it out if I if I feel it's wrong. Um, but I'm not going to comment on on uh, uh, somebody's weight gain, uh, aging. Um, you know, if they seem like even though I've I've mentioned about Joe Biden, I might not have all his faculties. You know, but he's running for president, so. Uh, I, I think it's that's a, a fair criticism um, of him, but uh, you know it's you never know, and you don't want that done to you, and you don't want it done to somebody in your family. So uh, everybody out there, just don't be a bully, don't be a social media bully, and it's it's just not worth it, and. Um, and especially when you find out the truth, yeah. Hopefully, those people who who said the hurtful words or just filling um, the internet with rumors and things like that, hopefully they feel like crap for what they were doing, and and um, you know think twice about what they do in the future, because I tell you what, death um, is. It's definitely not a funny thing, and um, we should support people and not not try to bring them down, because uh, it's not going to bring you up, bringing somebody else down. That's for sure. Um, it's the tough loss for, uh, for for a lot of people, especially you know being the Black Panther, the first really lead superhero, you know, and my my son were. You know, he he loved Black Panther. He, uh, his uh, his birthday party was Black Panther. Um, that was a the theme. So uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, black kids in this country really looked up to him and um, and was more than just a superhero, but kind of like a hero uh, for a lot of people. So <sighs> just think about what you people what well, the ones who are guilty of it. Just think about. It. What uh, what's being said? Well, you know the old adage: "Sticks and stones may break my bones." And then, you know, that's that's good for elementary, but you know, words do have an impact. Let's see what else we got here. Hmm. You know what? Well, look. Let me get let me get take a sip of water.
Hmm. This is something I probably didn't know anything about, um, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And I've learned a lot more about, but uh, there is a show. Uh, I don't know what network it's on, um, but it's uh, Indian matchmaking. And it's, it's a show about arranged marriages. Um, and this article is about uh, the show and how it can't ignore the political reality in India. So growing up, I always thought, you know, arranged marriages were, were, you know, we're fantasy. We're, you know, it's in the movies. Uh, it doesn't really happen. You know, growing up in the United States you know, with the freedom, uh, I knew nothing about arranged marriages. Yeah, sure, parents are always uh, try to get involved in their kids' uh, love lives and who they end up with just because they want them with the, with the best person possible. But uh, you don't really see you know, somebody choosing another one. Uh, for their for their child uh, as they become adult, but um, apparently this this show is is kind of shedding some light with without you know, but in an entertainment um, you know platform, and not really kind of diving into the politics and the customs and culture um, where a lot of these take place. And uh, in the last 10 years um, through um, my place of work, I have met many people from India and worked with many people from India. And many of those people came from arranged marriages. And the first time I heard it, I was shocked. I was like, that really happens. But in India, which is what the second uh, most populous country in the world, it is, it is living, breathing. And it is, I mean, not, not all Indian marriages are arranged, but many are. And um, it's, it's not all, you know, love. There's, in many cases, there's a financial component to it. Um, in, in some areas in India, the, you know, the, you kind of pay the father for the hand in marriage. And it be, it's almost like a, a transaction. And I'm not saying it's all of them, but in, in some areas, it does take place. Um in other areas, the 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 marriage they don't meet until the day of. Um, but those are kind of the exceptions. Uh, but though know, many Indian marriages are are arranged, uh, the parents do arrange them, and um, and the the thing about it is, even though you know we. Living in, in the United States, uh, you get married. If you're not happy in your marriage, you get a divorce. It's just like that. But in India, it's 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 very different. It's um it is not as advanced. Uh, you know, 
especially when we're talking about, you know, because the man is basically the head. The man, the man is king. Uh, it's still like that in India. And, um, and many, I know plenty of Indian marriages, they're, they're, they, they're not happy together. Um, they have kids. It's almost like a business arrangement. And of course, many of the men have their extramarital affairs, but the women are not allowed to have it, of course. Um, like I said, it's still backwards, some things there, but it is, it is, and in many cases, uh, you will have the men, uh, typically the men, will look for for employment overseas. And in India, they have, you know, um, their uh, their IT, I guess, they're an IT hub for so many countries around the world. And uh, so many are are contracted. That's their, I mean, they have special visas uh, for people with um, with degrees and expertise in information technology. And many men will work overseas. Um, and that, you know, that helps the relationship because they don't get sick of each other. Because let's be honest, there was no love in the very beginning. Um, there may be respect and uh, many times, uh, you know, especially those who work in, uh, who travel and go to Western uh, countries and they see, you know, how relationships are and things like that. It, it's a different, it's different. And, um, but because of the respect that the man and woman have for the, the custom and their parents, they they can't break away from the marriage. It's and especially those that have um, a financial component to it. It's just not easy. And uh, you know, even though for most of us we can't really understand arranged marriages, uh, it's probably not going any you know going away in a country like India anytime soon. Um, it may fade, but there's you know a lot of the traditions and. A lot of the customs and cultures, I mean, they're, they're, they're deep into it. And um, it would take, you know, multiple generations to move away from that. And some, don't get me wrong, some are very happy in their marriages because they're, you know, they're so engulfed in the customs that they, they believe in the custom more than the love. So they live it because they feel that's what they're supposed to do. That's how they were raised. That's, that's the, that's the way it's done. Um, others, eh, not so much. It's a, <laughs> I mean, I've heard plenty of complaints <laughs> about their marriage and I'll tell you what, it, it's definitely very interesting. Um, you know, not something that I would ever want to partake in, but you know, that's what makes the world what it is. It's, it's different. Everything is different. Okay, let's see. What else do we got here? Should I take another sip of water? Oh, Kardashians. I am I am glossing over everything about Kardashians. Uh, they got so many people in that family. Uh, of course, there's something, and there's a bikini shot of somebody, but let's just zoom right past there. 
Oh, here's something interesting. Uh, Jeopardy goat Ken Jennings returns for a for new season in a new role. Now, anybody who doesn't watch Jeopardy, Ken Jennings is like, I mean, he is the goat. He nobody has won more games than he has. Um, even in, I think the most recent tournament of champions, it was close, but he won. Uh, this guy, I mean. He craps more knowledge than most of us know. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's he's a lovable nerd. He really is. Um, and I actually like him. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jeopardy. Uh, yeah. it, it, it keeps me grounded. I'm not as smart as I think I am when I, when I watch that show. and definitely not as smart as Ken Jennings. Um, you know, he's somebody who wouldn't be known if it wasn't for Jeopardy. Uh, very smart guy though, and uh, you know it's again, he's a uh, he's a character. I mean, he, he's a little nerdy, but it's it's actually part of his charm. Um, but Jeopardy is uh, going to start uh, taping this month. Um, Alex Trebek, very happy that he's he's uh, returning to the show. Um, he is going through cancer treatments, and I uh, know he's. It's been up and down, but um, he's returning, and uh, appears that Ken Jennings is going to uh, be part of the production team. Well, good for him. He's going to do, I guess, some segments and um, do some projects for the show. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're grooming him to take over for Alex Trebek when when he, you know, hopefully when he retires, not when he passes. Um, and this is kind of a way to, to get him involved now to, to kind of make the future seamless. I mean, I don't know if this article is not saying anything like that, but, um, that's just, you know, something I'm throwing out there as a possibility, uh, cause you know, Alex Trebek, I don't know how well he would do in Jeopardy, but as host, you know, he seems like a very intelligent guy and like he would know all these answers. So, uh. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, Alex Trebek, he is turning 80. Uh, or he might already be 80. So uh, we'll see. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see uh, little segments and little video um, questions that uh, he appears in. Uh, you know, he's kind of a brand. He's Jeopardy is a brand, but Ken Jennings is a brand as well. So it's kind of, you know, uh, they go together. And I'm sure... I'm sure for him, it's Jeopardy's probably done so much for him in his life. I mean, he's definitely made a lot of money. Um, nobody would know his name, so uh, Jeopardy having a special place for him, I'm sure. And uh, that is, uh, I'm sure it didn't take a lot of convincing for him to to uh, come on board. And um, like I said, you know, maybe they're grooming him. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> it's just an assumption on my part, but. Um, if that was the case, it wouldn't be that bad of an idea. So, okay, let's see. What do we got next? <sighs> let's do, okay. Now I'm going to get some water as well. <laughs> oh, uh, I shouldn't laugh about this, but... 
clowns arrested at a funeral for <laughs> entertainer who died of COVID. Um, you know, sad somebody did uh, another person passed away from COVID, but you know, there's something about clowns. There really is. <sighs> you know, it's like they're a staple for kids' birthday parties, but they they, they freak so many people out, and <laughs> people have nightmares about clowns. And <sighs> but I I guess there were. There were some uh, clowns uh, who either knew of the person who who passed or just because in the industry and they decided to show up and and perform in their clown costumes. And once again, it's, I don't mean to laugh, um, but you know, somebody did die, but, you know, my God, clowns. And... Uh, were arrested for you know, breaching quarantine conditions. <sighs> you know, <laughs> for for those of you who are freaked out by clowns, I'm sure seeing it, if if you were at a uh, a funeral and saw a bunch of clowns performing there, that would definitely give you nightmares. Um, <laughs> they, yeah. Ooh, uh, I tell you, um, I guess the clowns there, it's a very uh, close-knit community. <laughs> There's a, a lot of respect for for one another, and, uh, you know, they wanted to pay their respects, you know. Who can blame them? But um, you really have to go in clown costume and perform, you know. I don't know. Maybe it was a final send-off for the entertainer who passed away, but... You know, any anytime uh, you see something about clowns, uh, it's really good. <laughs> it's, it's usually scary, freaky, um, disturbing, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's never it's never something good. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Hmm. Wow. Let's see what this here. Oh. Painting wind turbines black could help protect birds as long as it doesn't disrupt their migration. You know, I've discussed about the ducks I have in my community and they drive me nuts because they crap all over the place. Um, and I've actually had, while I was driving, a duck fly into my car. Um, now, what's funny is, you know, reading this, painting wind turbines black, could help protect birds, but at the time my car was black and, and the duck flew right into it. So um, maybe not not all not all uh, birds, <laughs> you know, have have the same vision or perception or something. But apparently, uh, wind turbines, which are used to uh, generate electricity um, with wind, and you know these turbines are huge, and of course you know they, they don't work everywhere. It needs to be in a windy area. And you also need a lot of them uh, in order to produce, you know, sufficient amount of electricity um, that, uh, you know, there are a lot of birds that are killed by the propellers, which is, which is a little odd. And I... 
I don't know who actually does this, um, who actually decides to do a study on this. Um, but apparently because of where, you know, their anatomy, where their eyes are, uh, it's more visible for birds, I guess, maybe because of light, they, uh, as they see the turbines, they, maybe it mixes too well with, uh, with the clouds and it, um, it, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what to make of it, but apparently painting them black has uh, helped a lot and it reduced bird fatalities by 72%. Um, you know, I don't know what happens when birds fly south for the winter. I guess if, uh, if these turbines are in, uh, cold Northern cities, it's not going to be as bad. But if uh, these turbines, these wind, uh, these, I guess, windmill farms are in warm areas that are warm all year long, uh, you know, you'll have a lot more dead birds since, you know, you don't have the, not only you have, you know, the tip, the normal bird population, but then once winter hits, I mean, I've, I've lived in the Southern States all my life and whew. Birds flying south for the winter, it's no joke. They, I mean, the number of birds you see during the winter time, I mean, they, 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 they pretty much cover an entire wire, a power wire, um, from uh, almost like 500 feet, all the birds that are there. Um, so I guess when they start migrating and south, and they go through a uh, a uh, a wind uh, windmill farm. I guess that can lead to a lot of deaths. Oof. This is an odd article for me to pick. I don't even know what to say about that. Um, but I'm not going to talk, you know, about my ducks. You know, not I don't wish death upon them, but uh, my God, they drive me nuts. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, go for another drink of water. I'm just going to do a couple more. Uh, here we go. Damaged Venezuelan oil tanker, oil tanker drawing international concern. So there is an oil tanker that is off the coast of Venezuela. And it's just pretty much dead sitting there. And it's pretty much filled the capacity with oil and it is four times more oil than the Exxon Valdez. Now, for anybody who doesn't remember, the Exxon Valdez uh, ran aground and spilled, uh, I want to say hundreds of thousands or maybe a million gallons of oil into the ocean and it, it it caused a lot of damage to the to the ecosystem there a lot of birds uh, died and things like that but um this tanker is taking water it's leaning and there, there's a lot of environmental groups who are worried that um if it if nothing's done 
it's going to start leaking oil into the ocean. Uh, it's, I guess it's the, the, the tanker is, is pretty much in a state of disrepair. Um, I don't know what happened to, to become that way. I mean, it was working, it was running. Um, and the only way to, to safely, you know, get the ship out of there is removing all the oil first, which, you know, Venezuela, I'm not going to really talk politics, but Venezuela is not completely communist, but it is a, it is a socialist government. Um, and many Venezuelans have fled Venezuela because of a socialistic government. Um, basically stripping people of their money, their, their net worth. So many Venezuelans have moved to the United States and moved their money. Um, and because of the government and the human rights violations and the, the corruption of the government by the government, there's many sanctions against them, which does not allow for countries like the U.S., which can assist to assist with this. And of course, Venezuela, you know, the socialist government, they're not going to give in because they want, they don't want the government, not the people do want it, but the government does not want to give up their power and um, they're not willing to budge to get assistance. And, you know, the environmental groups say it's a danger. Apparently, uh, some Italian company says uh, the ship has, the tanker has stabilized, but, you know, something has to be done. Uh, you can't just, you can't just leave this, uh, this tanker out there. Um, and, uh, you know, because even if it's stabilized now, it's not going to be like that forever. So something has to, has to give. And, you know, hopefully the government will, will, do the right thing and, and and get it taken care of. So, you know, it's not a negative impact to the environment. And, you know, I think one of the biggest problems was the, with the whole COVID thing, um, crude oil, the demand for crude oil shot straight down. People weren't driving, planes weren't flying, cruise ships weren't sailing. Um, so the need for crude oil went down, which you were able to see because of the price for just for getting gas went down. So I guess it was a perfect storm of things that are creating the current situation, but let's hope that uh, it will be taken care of. Let's see one more. What do we got here? Let's do something that, uh, should we do something that's going to be controversial? Hmm. Ah, here we go. Jeff Bezos' ex, Mackenzie Scott, is now the wealthiest woman in the world. You know, <laughs> even, even though she got divorced, I'm sure she was the divorce gave her a lot of Amazon stock. And I mean, Amazon's value keeps rising. So 
Um, she's, she's, her net worth is valued currently at $68 billion, the 12th wealthiest person in the world and the wealthiest woman. You know, good for her. Um, you know, it seems like their divorce wasn't, was, I'm not going to say completely amicable, but it was, uh, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it played on the press too bad. So, um, you know, and I think uh, in a previous podcast, I'd mentioned there were, she gets a lot of criticism because she's worth so much, but, you know, people criticizing Jeff Bezos or Mackenzie Scott, eh, I'm sure they're purchasing on Amazon as well. So they're, you're contributing to that. Where and the thing about net worth, which you would, many don't realize, this is not money in the bank. Um, this is what you're worth, all your assets. And very few people who are up there, their net worth is not liquid. It's not tied to cash in the bank. It's, uh, it's, it's stocks, it's properties, it's, it's things that go up and down. I mean, we've seen, um, you know, Facebook has taken a hit uh, for various reasons. So people's net worth can go up and down depending on the value of the company. Um, I think Jeff Bezos has said that, you know, they're doing great now. One day they might have to file for bankruptcy. Uh, so you never know. Um, so don't think just because she's worth $68 billion, she has $68 billion. Uh, to, you know, to, to donate, you know, to donate $3 billion, sometimes it's not that easy because you don't have the money to do so. It's either selling stocks or selling different things. So, um, but you know, good for her. It's good to see a woman up there. Um, even though she wasn't the owner or probably day to day. Uh, I'm sure she was right there um, when when Amazon got started to to make it what it is today. So, you know, good for her to make the list. And with that, I am going to end the Let's Wing It portion. And I'm going to do something that I did one time before. And I actually liked it. Cool, not cool. And this will be sports edition of Cool, Not Cool. And um, if you don't remember what it is, is it's just kind of pick a topic and say, you know, what I think is cool and what I think is not cool. So sports edition. So let's start. Cool. Last night, the Miami Heat beat Milwaukee Bucks to take a 2-0 lead in their series in the NBA playoffs. It was a great game. Miami's the five seed. Milwaukee's the two seed, even though. It looks like it's upset and brewing. I don't think anybody's really considering it because Miami uh, has won plenty of games. It, it was unlike the first game. This game was a lot closer. It was a very good game. Um, it was close till the end. Um, it was exciting. Uh, good offense. Good defense. It was a great game to watch. And uh, even if you weren't a fan of either team, it was a great game to watch. And it's cool that Miami Heat won the game. Not cool. All the fouls that were called. Oh, my God. Now, I saw earlier today that there were people complaining um, because Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat was fouled. And it was really it was really a ticky-tack foul um, with with no time remaining. And they won by two points because of two free throws with 0-0 on the clock. And uh, there were people saying that that foul shouldn't have been called. It wasn't, you can't call it at that time. It was a ticky-tack foul. And 
I agree. And but the problem is that the they called a foul on Miami and on a three pointer, and Milwaukee was able to sink three free throws to tie the game. And I didn't think that was a foul either. Um, and if you were going to call the the foul on Miami Heat on that three point, you had to call the other foul as well. Uh, to me, it's a package deal. And but the thing about it is, I don't think either one should have been called. Um, and watching the game, that was my only problem with the game. It was not cool. All the fouls were called, and I'm a big proponent of let them play, let them play. You know, if it, if something is not impacting the actual play, um, let it let it go, let it go. But apparently, I don't know this officiating crew. They must have been bored, and they wanted to. Uh, they, they're they're getting tired of the bubble. I don't know what it is, and they were letting their frustration out. So, not cool. All the foul calls. Cool. ACC uh, football, college football, looks like it's good. It's set to play. Uh, ACC. That's my conference. My uh, favorite college team is in the conference, um, and right now everything's on track to for them to play. Unlike other conferences who. Uh, canceled the season, which many players, they're, they're, I think there's even some lawsuits because of the uh, football cancellations uh, um, because players want to play. Um, and, you know, every conference is different. It's it's the sports run by conferences. It's not one, not one governing body. So every conference is making its own decision. But um, maybe also because the ACC is uh, southern states. And maybe they think uh, as it gets a little colder, um, COVID won't be as bad as in the northern states. But very cool. ACC will play football. I'm excited to see when the se- uh, to watch when the season begins. Not cool. Notre Dame being allowed to play in the conference. I am sick of Notre Dame. Pick a conference already. You know, many conferences have basically gone to only conference uh, games, uh, all non-conference games were were canceled just to make it, um, I guess, better, easier to manage with uh, what's going on today. And Notre Dame, they refused to be in a conference. So what, what happened? If all these conferences do it, they don't have a schedule. But the ACC, because Notre Dame is a brand, allowed them to play in a conference. Not cool. You know, if they if they want the benefit of the conference, be in a conference. Uh, it's bad enough that they they get benefits that no other team gets just because there's Notre Dame. Um, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans out there, and but there are a lot of Notre Dame haters, and count me as one of them. Not cool. Don't let don't allow Notre Dame play. You let 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 them uh, uh, ask to be in the conference full time. Then I'll be fine with it. Cool. And if I was. Uh, Facilities are closing election day, so the players will be able to go vote. So that's cool. Um, I've said many times, vote, vote, vote. Um, you know, that is the foundation of this country. Everybody has a voice. Use it. Not cool. Historically, less than 40% of athletes vote. Um, and, and some leagues, it's even less than that. And <sighs> there's no excuse. For, there might be 10% who don't have the ability to vote, but in most cases, just like most people who don't vote, um, most of the time it's just because you're lazy or just don't care. So it's cool that the 
uh, facilities are going to be closed to allow them. But right right now, it's not cool that they there's there has historically uh, athletes have not voted uh, numbers as high as uh, the general population. Um, and if it's the same this year, it's going to be it's going to it's going to stay not cool. Let's see if they can move it to the cool column. Cool. Major League Baseball trades. It was a trade deadline, and even though it's an abbreviated season, teams are still making trades to better their team. And and even with this 60-game schedule, uh, teams are going all in. Um, team that I'm a fan of that uh, made made a, a trade that was pretty good. Um, so it was good that the trades were done. There was there were really weren't many big names um, like you've seen in the past. But I don't think this year was going to be a year of big names being traded anyway. Um, there, there were a couple, you know, difference makers that were traded. Now, with baseball, you know, a difference maker is, is it's not like a difference maker in basketball, you know, because there's too many players. Um, and uh, but, uh, you know, people, there, there's definitely um, net gain on some of these trades. So it was cool that teams are still, you know, they're still, you know, business as usual. And they're they're still all in. Not cool. Season's almost over. Um, you know, I've actually I think I've enjoyed this baseball season more than previous. That was that was kind of like the fourth sport I watched. Um, and I don't know something about the just you know the, the kind of patchwork season they created i don't know it, i think it made it so much more interesting and uh, some of the rules that were enacted um you know the the double headers um the the extra inning rules the uh you know the, the um the, the various kind of changes that have been discussed in the past but really were never implemented but just because of the current situation were uh even with lack of fans um, but being able to actually listen to players and and you, I think with the lack of fans, you you're able to actually kind of take part in the game a lot better than before. So uh, it's not cool. It's almost over. I'm actually gonna miss it, uh, even though it's it's ending with and the time that it would normally end. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it. I, I've I've enjoyed this baseball season. Cool. The hockey, National Hockey League, the playoffs have been exciting. Close games, close series. Uh, there's been offense. Stars are, are, are playing offense. You know, it's it's not, you know, one nothing games. I mean, there's been some low scoring, but there's been a, a plenty of goals. Uh, the series uh, right now, I think um, there, there's none of the series that are going on right now in the second round. There's no team dominating, the, the, you know, it. It's uh, at worst, I think, is uh, a series is 3-2. Um, so the playoffs are kicking off. It's an exciting game. Hockey is an exciting sport. Um, and it's good viewing. Not cool. No one cares. It annoys me. I love hockey. Hockey is such a great sport to watch live, to play. Uh, you know, on TV, it's not as easy to follow just because the way the puck and, you know, you have to have great cameramen to and great directors to be able to get a great product on on TV. Um, but it is great to watch the the athletes in hockey. I mean, they're they're the biggest grinders. Uh, they're so blue collar and 
they're tough and um, it's such an exciting game and it's just not cool that no one cares. ESPN barely covers it. Uh, local TV barely covers it. Um, nobody talks about it. Only the northern states and Canada talk about it. Not cool. People get on board with hockey. It's a great sport. Take my word for it. Last, cool. Yesterday, I played tennis. Um, you know, once you get up there in age, it's hard to find people, you know, to play different things with. And I was able to play tennis yesterday, and it was great. It's been so long since I played. Um, but, uh, to, you know, I've been wanting to play for a while. So it was definitely good to get out there and play, break a sweat, uh, and a little competition. Um, I'll definitely play again. Not cool. Body and mind, just not on the same page. Uh, there were some shots. My uh, my mind says I can get to, uh, but the problem is my mind is of you know 15 years ago. My current day body can't get to those shots, so we're not on the same page, <laughs> and it's tough. It was tough. Uh, some of those things were you know, as you get a little up there in age, it's just you feel like you can do it. You feel like you can get to these balls. You can hit these shots. And your body just not cooperating. Oh, 40 is, that that is like the, the, you know, deep decline happens at 40. So, and in my mind, I'm always going to feel like I can win and can get the shot. But yeah, my body is, and I'll tell you what, I'm sore today. And I'm going to be more sore tomorrow. Uh, my hip is hurting. My feet are hurting. Oh, it was brutal. My body is, ugh. My mind is ready to play, but my body's like, okay, let's get some rest. So, not cool. Body, mind, not on the same page, but definitely cool. I played tennis, and and with that, I will end this episode of uh, and hopefully it went over well. A uh, cool, my cool. I was like doing that, and you know, let's wing it. Hey, it's something I do every now and then. Um, and but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any comments, feedback, or topics you let me discuss. You know, feel free to send an email to diggingforsomething at AOL.com. Um, and if li- if you're listening on the Anchor app, you could always leave a, a voice message if you'd like. And I thank you for listening to this episode of Digging for Something. I am JJ, and I will see you when I see you.